Welcome to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network, a show that streams health, happiness, and hope to the kidney community. You can download all Kidney Talk shows from iTunes and find a variety of resources to help you navigate this illness at rsnhope.org. Please welcome your host, Lori Hartwell, who has lived with kidney disease since the age of two. Well, welcome to Kidney Talk. Um, today, we have a subject that I am so curious about because I've been dealing with anti-rejection medications my whole life, and uh, Tolaris Therapeutics is coming up with some innovative ways to help people in the future not take transplant meds. That, that would be so incredible. So we're going to learn more about that today. I'm so happy to have Dr. Krieger. She's the Chief Medical Officer of Tolaris Therapeutics. Welcome to the show. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you. Well, tell us, Dr. Krieger, tell us a little bit, what is rejection? What What is kidney rejection? So people will know. Well, everybody who receives an organ transplant must take anti-rejection or immunosuppressant medications for the rest of their lives to keep the immune system from attacking the transplanted organ. And this is because your immune system sees the transplanted organ as a foreign object, and as a result, your immune system attacks the organ as it would attack any foreign cell. And this is what really causes what you call rejection of the transplanted kidney and really could cause severe damage that would lead to needing the organ to be removed if we, you didn't have any immunosuppressive therapy. And so acute rejection is really when, when um, it usually occurs like the first six to 12 months after transplant and lymphocytes or the T cells are really blamed for causing it. And it can be diagnosed by doing a kidney biopsy and immunosuppressive medications like high-dose steroids or some stronger medications may be required to retreat it. Well, you know, I had my first kidney transplant in 1979, and, you know, the only two meds that they had at the time were prednisone and emuran. And I took so much prednisone, I look like a string on a balloon. Um, and, you know, we've seen the evolution because getting the right immunosuppressant medication and taking it regularly is key to keeping the transplant. So I know RSN, you know, shares that message over and over again, because if you miss a dose or a couple doses, you put yourself at risk of of um, the kidney being attacked by your own immune system, right? Yes. It's a dilemma, and um, it's it's often difficult to remember to take all the meds sometimes, but I'm a professional pill taker now. I, <laughs> I have come to the conclusion I can take medication better than anybody. So tell us a little bit about, um, you know, we talk about side effects. I mean, we need the immunosuppressant medication, but there there are side effects that people experience. And um, for one, for me, that I had that I actually liked on certain parts of my body was hair growth, but I didn't like it in other parts of my body. So immunosuppressant medication come with some some side effects as well. Yeah, I mean, kidney transplants are life-saving. You know, the benefits of protecting the kidney and benefits of immunosuppression, obviously, like you mentioned, are to prevent the rejection of your kidney. So it's important to take all these medications. But when you use them chronically, you know, every day, you know, you, ha you develop side effects. And really, virtually every patient experiences some type of side effect. I have a love-hate relationship with prednisone. 
<laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I saved my life, but it's caused me to have a few joint replacements. <laughs> but even even like some of these medications, all they all they all they they protect your kidney from the rejection. They could actually be toxic to your kidney. We call this nef- nephrotoxicity, and it could cause scarring within your kidney, which ironically leads to worsening of renal function. And, you know, there's a huge unmet medical need. A third of living donor and half of deceased donor kidney transplants can fail within 10 years. So it's kind of ironic that the medications you're taking, some of them, that you're protecting your kidney can actually um, be toxic to them. And then immunosuppression, I think you alluded to, it has some effects on bones and such, but it could also cause high blood pressure, diabetes, high lipid and cholesterol levels and weight gain. And heart disease is really a leading cause of post-transplant uh, mortality. And immunosuppression could increase risks of infections and certain cancers as well. And, you know, sleep disturbances, tremors, loss of hair, which you mentioned, and uh, GI discomfort. But I think importantly you mentioned uh, the pill burden could be quite high. Patients can take about 20, patient, uh, t- 20 pills a day. And this really decreases your quality of life and, and can and result in compliance issues where you just get tired of taking medications and stop taking them and then have a higher risk of obtaining, you know, having rejection. Some of the people that, you know, interact with RSN, um, you know, we have kidney disease and right there it just sucks. And then you need a transplant and it sucks more. So all of the options aren't the best, but it's great to have the option of kidney transplant immunosuppressant medicine. But you, you have to make a commitment to it because you can't just give up on it for a couple of months. It's going to put you back on dialysis um, if you don't take your transplant meds. So uh, I want to move in to learn a little bit about what Tolaris is doing to, you know, basically where we don't have to take immunosuppressant meds. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about it? Sure thing. So, you know, the alternative to taking immunosuppression would be to induce immune tolerance. And that's a process by which an individual's immune system can be trained to tolerate or accept a self, an organ or tissue from a donor other than oneself. So Tolaris is developing a cell therapy product called FCR001. It's a personalized, single-dose, cell therapy to induce durable immune tolerance in transplant recipients and has been shown to pr- with the potential to improve long-term quality of life and to allow transplant recipients to return to a more normal immunosuppression-free life. And, and so how does it work when you say trained? Do you have to take several doses before the transplant? Is it uh, just during the transplant? How do, you, how do you train your body to accept the kidney? So the patient uh, get, takes some medications to make space in the bone marrow, and this investigational cell therapy, FCR001, contains living stem cells from the donor. It's infused into the kidney recipient as a single dose the day after the kidney transplant, and the stem cells then take up residence in the recipient's bone marrow and really generates our new immune system. And so the goal is to create 
a dual immune system where part donor and part recipient immune cells coexist. So essentially, the recipient's immune system is tricked into seeing the donated kidney organ as self because part of the stem cells is donor. Wow. And, and this existence of this dual immune system is referred to as achieving something called chimerism, where they two, the, co, the two cells, the types of cells exist. And this is really the potential for enabling long-term immune tolerance of the transplanted organ. Now, is there a certain level of match that you have to have with the kidney? Um, I, you know, I had 100% antibodies um, when I got transplanted. Is it for people who have six antigen match or or people who have, uh, you know, a, I, I guess what kind of match do you have to have to, to trick the immune system or train the immune system? Really, it goes across all mismatches. So you could have anywhere from zero to six mismatches. We are not doing it in living-related identical twins, for example, but if you have an organ that's uh, perfectly matched or if it has all mismatches, the results appear to be the same. So we really don't have any restrictions there. So Tolaris is uh, working on a study called Freedom One Trial, and they're looking for patients to enroll in this study to, you know, basically we we, uh, need to research and um, Tell us a little bit about what a person who's interested in the study, what they may expect if they were to learn about it. So qualifying recipients, and of course their living donors, will be randomly assigned as a pair to either receive the SCR001 cell therapy or to the control group group, uh, receiving standard of care anti-rejection treatments. And we call it, there's a two-to-one randomization. So twice as many recipients will be assigned to receive the FCR001 compared to the standard treatment. And the qualifications are you should be at least 18 years of age. Your doctor has recommended that you should have a kidney transplant. This would be your first kidney transplant recipient. A suitable living donor between ages 18 to 60 has been identified, and the donor is willing to undergo a procedure to mobilize the stem cells and collect the stem cells. And then one other requirement would be that you can't be diagnosed or treated for any type of cancer. And so this is only for people who have a living donor available, um, not deceased donors? At this time, it's living donor, definitely, yes. And how long does... The study. So I'm trying to think of as a as a patient who may be in one of the the different randomized uh, controlled study sections. Do all the people still take medicine regularly? Because then, if I didn't, I would know that I was in the right. I'd know what study I'm in. <laughs> yes, uh, it's not a blinded study because we, we can't do. You know, some people who get the bone marrow transplant are going to be. You know, you're going to obviously have to undergo different procedures than if you don't. Okay. So you'll know if you're in the control group versus in the uh, FCR group. It's a five-year study. So if you are in the control arm then you will receive your, we we provide the immunosuppression and and the care for the patients for five years. Okay. And what, where are the study sites? Well, right now it's going to be 
geographically distributed from coast to coast. And you can visit our Tolaris Freedom One websites, which will show you the study sites where they're taking place. The sites that are open now are Northwestern, Nebraska, Scripps in Southern California, Duke, University of Minnesota, and Mayo Phoenix. But pretty soon by the end of the year, we'll have another three or four sites open, and we anticipate approximately I don't know, five, 15 to 20 sites in the country that will be these centers of excellence that will do this therapy. Well, and you know, I, I, I'm thinking about this because as somebody who's had four transplants, I, my first two never worked. It was back in 1979 and in 83, um, you know, it was right when, um, you know, they didn't have all the medicines they have today. I mean, the evolution of healthcare is innovation like this. It's, it's very exciting. Um, but if you decide to enroll in the study, I'm trying to just understand the logistics because if you get the kidney transplant and you get the FCRO01, do you know within a day or two if it's not working? Um, or, or is it like a week? Or I'm just trying to think of a patient uh, of somebody who's has a family member, a friend donated kidney. Am I at bigger, uh, bigger risk of potentially losing it if it doesn't work? That, that's no, my question. It's a living donor kidney, and we wouldn't anticipate that the living donor kidney wouldn't work. I mean, it's 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 uh, administered just like a regular kidney is transplanted. Uh, the, this, the decision whether or not that you're going to be able to be weaned off immunosuppression, that first decision occurs at six months, and we look at the bl- blood levels of the donor cells, showing that there's a certain presence of donor cells in the blood, and we, we measure that every month. And then at six months, if it's greater than a certain uh, percentage, then we're able to start weaning off the medications. Oh, I see. It's not immediate. It's not immediate. No, and just okay. <laughs> and the patients who did not were not be able able to get off immunosuppression, their kidneys still function. They just had to go on more of a standard immune system, you know, MMF and, and tacolimus, for example, just regular immunosuppression. Okay, they didn't go into, like, hardcore chronic rejection. And, no, no, it's, okay. just re- it's like a regular standard of care okay. um, that, that patient. Now, how long has this study been going on? Um, you spoke about the, the first part. Uh, is it enrolling for the next year, or how does that work? I think, oh, so the, for the Freedom One study, we anticipating it uh, being enrolling for the ne- over the next year or so, maybe a year and a half. Okay, and then it'll go on for five years. Yes, it'll go on for five years. That's kind of wild. So, so what got you um, interested in all of this? I, I'm really curious. Well, I'm a transplant surgeon. Um, I took care of many transplant patients. I also did some research in immunology. And I'm just fascinated how you could put a kidney from one person into another person and have it survive. And I know there's so many issues with chronic rejection, side effects, as we've talked about. And really the holy grail of transplant is to be able to induce tolerance. Right. And I found out about this procedure and and, and, uh, got really interested in it. And uh, I'm fortunate. I feel very fortunate to be involved in, in leading the clinical program here because I think this is just a really cutting edge uh, therapies that could potentially 
get a lot of patients off immunosuppression. And this is, as a transplanter, and probably as a transplant patient, this is really, again, the holy grail yes. on being able to get people off immunosuppression and try to live a, a normal life. I mean, um, it's not just the immunosuppression and such, but it's just having to remember to take medications and just the quality of life. And it's access to meds. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a big issue. I mean, right now we have the bill before Congress is supposed to go to the Senate about the lifetime immunosuppressant drugs, which is looks like it may pass. Uh, I mean, this will obviously post after we know. But, um, you know, I always say to people, I mean, you know, that's great. But if you don't have access to to care. I mean, a lot of people don't have access to health care. So just having access to the meds, the bill may help a little bit, but I need to see the doctor and I need to have my blood drawn. <laughs> and yeah. those, those, you know, those are two things that often come with not a- having access to care. So, um, I mean, this is, this is really exciting. I mean, uh, I was talking to my friend about the holy grail of transplant and I had a <laughs> friend who was a perfect match. And she's very um, open about this. She's written a story. But she didn't take her medicine for about a year. She was a young girl. And she got a cold, and it took out her kidney. And she had a kidney from her brother, and she was a, like a, almost a perfect match. It was a great match. And um, we really don't know how much immunosuppressant medication we need. Um, it's, it, sometimes we may get a little bit more than we need. But then when it goes awry, you can't prevent the antibodies from attacking. So um, it is the holy grail. <laughs> How much yeah, meds do you need? And none is the best. <laughs> yeah, that uh, would be very nice not to have to have the pill burden. Oh, I, And the I, medications for all the side effects, too, like the high blood pressure. I know it is. It's um, I mean, I take that prednisone pill every day and I know what impact it's had on my body for taking it for 40 years. And, um, but, you know, I'm grateful to it because we listen to any commercial on TV. Um, if you listen closely and listen to all the side effects, you'll never want to ever take any medication. Um, yeah. You know, but everything has risks and benefits. And in my opinion, the benefit of immunosuppressant medication to keep the kidney transplant is is more important than some of the side effects that are mentioned. Um, I'm curious, are, are you going to look to do this in other organs? Yes, actually, we are going to do that ultimately. The first is doing it like this isn't a first-time kidney. And then the next step would be to do it in this procedure in a patient who has already received a living donor kidney transplant. Because uh, the segue from that to a deceased donor organ is that when you have a cadaveric organ, it comes right away and you don't have the time to prepare yourself to get the cell therapy and whatnot. So if you could do it in a delayed fashion, let's just say, you know, six months after your kidney transplant, three months, six months after your transplant, then you have time to do the preparatory work you have if, if your living donor kidneys around. So that's the next step. And then ultimately, we would like to go to the deceased donor organs as well, not just kidney, but uh, liver and all the other organs. Well, you know, that's really exciting. I think that um, I always tell my friends, you know, just just keep going until the next miracle happens, because I know some people do not want to get transplanted because they've had um 
uh, previous risks of cancer. I know this isn't for the study, but if it's approved the drug, um, maybe people who had cancer five, 10 years ago will consider getting transplanted because they don't have to take the immunosuppressant drugs. Mm -hmm. And uh, some people are just afraid of the immunosuppressant drug side effects. So they, you know, one people like, I don't want to get heavier because of steroids. So I'm going to stay on dialysis. And I'm like, I don't know if that's the best choice, but you got to make your own. You know, I'm like, dialysis has it its own risks as well. So um, we just got to kind of weigh the pros and cons and go with what our heart feels is best, uh, the best decision for us. <clears throat> well, uh, can you give us a little bit more information about the study again um, before we sign off? I think this is really um, amazing that um, Tolaris is tackling this holy grail of transplant um, and and, you know, in the future, maybe we'll just go in, get the transplant, we'll be fine and not have to worry about going to the pharmacy and taking the meds and all the different things would be wonderful. That would be nice. Uh, I, I do have more information. I think if you really want to look at details and such, you could visit our website. It's Tolaris Freedom One, Freedom Dash One. Uh, and, and to get further information. Yes, and we'll put that in the notes of the podcast. But, uh, yeah, I mean, so I guess um, the first thing would be, would they, people go to their actual nephrologist and ask them, or do they go directly to the site? Um, well, you could, do, you could talk to your nephrologist. If you go to the website, we actually have a, it, it clicks onto a uh, clinical website where you could, Actually, put in your zip code, and what will pop up are the sites that are closest to where you are. So at least you can figure out where the site is. And we just activated so far, I believe it's six or seven sites, but over time, uh, there'll be more sites, probably around 15. And then you could take a look at the sites that are conveniently located to you, and you could talk to your ne local nephrologist and say you're interested, or you just reach out to the site that uh, pops up and and uh, the coordinator will talk to you and and you'll you'll they'll get all the information they need and how many people are you looking to get into your study 120 120 okay well and how many transplants are performed a year like five or six thousand I'm, I'm trying to think how many well i'm not going to quote a bad number but anybody can go to unos.org and find out all of the information about um how many kidneys are donated and how many are deceased, and how many are living? But yeah, uh, it would be important to if you have if you have any living donors in mind, it would be important to talk to them about it too if they would be interested. They have the extra stem cell um, procurement, and what that is is basically a, a few doses of medications you take to mobilize or kick the stem cells out of the bone marrow, and then you get hooked up to a machine for like three hours, four hours. And that's when they take collect the uh, stem cells. Is it painful? The procedure is not painful. I think the medications that uh, you take to mobilize the the, um, the stem cells might give you a little bit of bone pain and make you a little tired. But that's just during the time period that you take those doses. Wow, it's so it's so fancy. It's so Star Trek like, like you know, mobilize <laughs> the stem cells. I mean, it, it really is amazing. My hats off to scientists and researchers. I mean, it's just it's just amazing. Um, every time I go to American Society of Nephrology meeting, which I've been going since 1993. And I'm just like, I wish everybody could see, all the patients could see 
everybody working behind the scenes to improve our life. There are so many people who are working diligently to improve care for us. Um, and I'm living proof of it, living with this illness for 52 years. I mean, um, I'm here because of of researchers and doctors like you. So, so thank oh, you. For- absolutely, it was my pleasure, and it's absolutely close to my heart, too, because I took care. I know now I'm in drug development, but I took care of a lot of patients, and they would come to my office, and I'd see all the side effects and things that happen, and I just w- always wanted to be able to do something more for people. Well, I'm really excited to hear the outcome of this study. So for people who are interested, go um, to, we'll list the site in the notes. You can find out more about it and, uh, you know, get the word out so people will know that this is an option. Um, there has to be, and I hate to use the word guinea pigs, but, you know, that's what we need. We need people to volunteer for studies to be able to improve our care for the future. So thank you very much, Dr. Krieger. I really appreciate your your um, your dedication and support to people who have kidney disease. My pleasure. Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk to you. Thanks for listening to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network. Please make sure to find us on Facebook or sign up for our newsletter at rsnhope.org. Kidney Talk is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment from your physician. Always seek the advice of your own healthcare provider regarding your medical condition.